Hello and welcome back to our Discussions with Kate podcast. We are now two months into 2022. Kate, you've been as busy as ever and it's been quite an interesting start to the year. What has the year brought so far for hospitality and how are things going? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, when we're looking at the start to the year, we've had another year where we've started in crisis. And I don't think we can start talking about next steps for hospitality or the recovery and and looking ahead at the sort of normal working that we would be doing at this time of year without touching on the crisis in Ukraine and the global crisis that we've got there that has, has come out of nowhere, but but obviously has a major impact on all, all of our businesses and all of humanity across the globe, really. It's sort of huge area of concern that, that we've got on our doorstep in Europe and a rapidly worsening and deteriorating situation that we can see. I think, you know, purely from a, a hospitality perspective, that that clearly gives us two additional challenges to to be working through as we come into the reopening and the recovery period. First of all, you know, there is a global impact from that event in terms of financial markets. We can see what's happened with the the ruble and the the closing down of financial markets in in Russia. But it also means that there's an impact on the supply chain. Russia and the Ukraine clearly have a major impact on, on energy markets, as we've seen, and energy prices, which are already sky high, but clearly this will have an impact on on energy prices and the cost of living that we're we're seeing there. But there are also challenges around grain production, glass production that comes in uh, from Russia and Ukraine and the disruption to the the global supply chain. Critically as well, this is also a, a major issue that will impact on consumer confidence, business confidence, international travel and tourism and business travel and tourism, just as we were getting restarted on that. Um, We still don't know what the impact will be in terms of consumer sentiment, but clearly North American audiences are are much more reluctant to travel if they think Europe is an unsafe place. And and although we are on the westernmost fringes of the continent, it's still seen as an issue that, that will be borne in mind when people are making travel plans. So you know, clearly this is a humanitarian crisis and a, a global peace crisis, but it does have those implications for us. And it will certainly make worse the cost of living crisis and the tsunami of costs that we are seeing coming through the supply chain that we're facing March, April this year, where we were already anticipating double digit price increases coming through the sector. So a very worrying time nationally, internationally, but also from a hospitality perspective, adding in an an additional element of uncertainty when really what we would have been talking about at this point in time was sort of a big tick against phase one of the hospitality and tourism recovery plans that the government put out, which was around reopening and a full reopening. That's now being completed across all Four of the devolved administrations have clear plans in place to lift all of the last remaining COVID restrictions by the end of March. And that should have given a real boost to consumer confidence and particularly international travel, where we were seeing some pick up, some return to bookings and a high level of demand. There's an element of uncertainty around that now. But I still think positive news in moving forward and reopening. And that's referring to obviously the Prime Minister's statement there on getting back on track and as well Scotland opening as well. What what were those announcements? So we had the Prime Minister going out first out of the gate so that England had uh, an end to all legal COVID restrictions from the 24th of February. Uh, Scotland following um, with with their their restrictions falling away, Wales and Northern Ireland uh, following shortly thereafter. Those devolved administrations looking at all of the legal restrictions falling away by the 24th of March. We've obviously gone ahead in England in removing all of the restrictions from Christmas, but in Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, it's ending of COVID passports and ending 
rising of the sort of wearing of face masks in, in lots of places, not all of them, but in, in most places. In England, we've had a, an ending of the legal requirement to self-isolate. That results in some challenges for operators. And I think it is worth people remembering that it's not until the end of March that our um, safer workplace guidance falls away and becomes replaced with public health guidance. While government has said if there's no legal requirement to self-isolate, there's no legal requirement for people to uh, tell their employer if they've had a positive test. The government guidance and the safer workplace guidance, which we are supposed to be still following, does still say that it's recommended that if you've got symptoms, you take a test. And if that test is positive, you isolate and you don't come into work. So I think what operators and employers need to do is to make sure that they've got COVID taken into account in their general policies around what to do if you've got an infectious disease in the business. So we should be treating COVID in exactly the same way as we would be doing other diseases and making sure that we've got a reference, a clear reference in there in staff policies and staff handbooks and the sick pay rules that the government introduced for COVID, they don't fall away until the 1st of April. So again, you've got this sort of limbo period of March where although you haven't got legal requirements, there is still quite a strong recommendation and advice and guidance from government that people should be following. And certainly, I think in order to protect the businesses, making sure that it, it, people are aware that if they test positive, if they have COVID, they should not be coming into work. And UKH has updated our FAQs on that to help businesses kind of navigate and find out exactly what the changes are there. So head off to our website if you want to have a look at those FAQs. And moving forward or look, looking ahead, we've got the spring statement coming up. What do you expect to see announced in that statement and what do you, UKH want to have announced in that statement? Well, I think this is moving us into the recovery period and, and the recovery section of the government strategy where they're looking at what do they need to do to drive demand, get people back out and also support those businesses through this, this uncertain period of time. The government's own evidence and, and strategy suggests that you won't see full recovery in the sector until the end of 2023. And so therefore, what we're hoping to see in that spring statement, but I think it's more in hope than expectation, is a financial package of support that looks at moving forward to be able to allow the sector to fully recover and get back on its feet for 2023 and actually bring forward that recovery. So what we're arguing to government is if we have a, a shot of oxygen, if you like, as we come out of COVID restrictions, as we face into the headwinds, the inflationary headwinds in April, and as we face into the new tax increases that the government is pushing through in terms of NICs, national living wage, um, if we have a shot of oxygen then, we can accelerate our economic recovery. That accelerates the country's economic recovery and we can get back to generating jobs, growth and investment, and crucially a tax return to the exchequer. That shot of oxygen ideally is, is retaining that lower rate of VAT at 12.5% and also lifting the cap for business rate support so that more businesses can benefit from that ahead of root and branch reform of business rates going forward. So that's our short to medium term ask of government to be able to make sure that we can move forward and accelerate that recovery. And then following on from that, it's about building back resilience into our sector, allowing cash reserves to be rebuilt and crucially tackling the skills and labour shortages that are stopping us from managing all of that demand. So therefore, we've got uh, outside of the spring statement, the spring statement really just looking at the, the economic metrics and, and the, the state of the economy, uh, we've then got the, the sort of uh, resilient strand of the hospitality and tourism recovery plans to be able to drive that forward in the, the sort of medium to longer term. 
in terms of what we expect at the moment, the government is saying simply that that will be a spring statement. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you will see tax and spending commitments brought forward by the Chancellor. It could simply be a state of the nation economic statement, uh, looking at the, the global situation and looking what's happening with, with COVID. But we very much hope that uh, he will listen to the pleas and that we will have that support for the sector. You mentioned staffing and skills in the industry. What is UK Hospitality doing to support businesses in that area? Well, I think what we have been doing uh, over the last year is working closely with DWP, Job Centre Plus and the Jobs Work Coaches that are in the job centres to try and make sure that we can move as many people across from universal credit or areas of the economy that where people have been made redundant, move them into hospitality jobs as quickly as possible. We are the only sector of the economy that Job Centre Plus and the Jobs Coaches are working with on that sectoral approach to promote the sector and, and careers within the sector. So that has been very very fruitful. And as we move forward, when the changes are introduced for universal credit, where people can no longer stay on universal credit and insist on looking for jobs within the sector that they've got experience in, we hope that that will accelerate more people moving across and choosing hospitality. So we're working on recruitment fairs and jobs fairs and targeted support for other sectors like travel and tourism, where, where there's large numbers of redundancies. Over and above that, it's about what can the sector do to help itself. And we've got two big initiatives that we're getting behind. One is Hospitality Rising, which is looking to raise a million pounds so that we can go out with a national advertising campaign to attract people into the sector, change perceptions of the sector as a fun place to work, a place where you can have a great career rather than it being seen as a stopgap job. And we have creative media agencies working with us who, who did the Army Be The Best campaign. So we're wanting a Hospitality Be The Best campaign but we do need members uh, and companies across the sector to be able to commit funds to that. We simply don't have the funds to buy the advertising space that we need. So donating to Hospitality Rising and participating in Hospitality Rising is key. And that's from as little as sort of £10 per worker to make sure that we've got that advertising campaign launched from the summer. Sitting behind it will be Career Scope, which is provided by Springboard, which is the careers advice and guidance service, but also a one-stop shop jobs portal for the sector for both apprenticeships and jobs within the sector uh, to be able to make sure that people can come through, get good quality advice, free um, initial training, free entry training, but also they've got access to all the jobs. So those are two big initiatives that we're working on at the moment to be able to accelerate people being recruited into the sector. And I think employers, if they want to get involved in either of those, should get in touch with the team at UKH. We do need need both your cash to fund it but also your vacancies to be able to make sure we've got a compelling proposition. And I'm just going to say if you do want to pledge or know a little bit more about the Hospitality Rising campaign just head to our homepage on our website and you can find a link to it there. It's probably also worth saying, Penilla, that the next podcast is going to be about Hospitality Rising with Mark McCulloch, who is, is chairing that campaign. So hopefully that will give people a better flavour of what we're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. I believe we're recording that on Friday. So people can uh, keep an eye out for that on Friday or it'll be available on our podcast page on the website from next week. There's, of course, lots more to talk about, but I think we've just reached the end of our time for today. So for anybody that does want to support Hospitality Rising, as I mentioned there, go to our website. You can also support our That's Enough campaign that Kate touched on earlier on. And you can download posters and stickers for your venue. Just go to our website, ukhospitality.org.uk forward slash That's Enough campaign. That's all we have time for. Thank you, Kate. And we'll speak to everybody very shortly. 
Bye.